0: Well, let me put it to you like this, folks. If you faded my betting picks from week three, congratulations. What's happening everybody, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease, and welcome to week four of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL season, and uh, yeah, those betting picks looked awfully ugly last week. Let's put it in another way, when you go double digits but in the wrong column in both against the spread and total plays... It's been a bad week and just kind of a burn the game tape kind of week. Only went 11 for 32 in those picks, not great. 5 and 11 against the spread, 6 and 10 on the totals. Now under 500 in both. 10 games in the clink against the spread, which is not a great way to start things off. I will say. of those 10 games all came in last week so I can still sit here and say okay well possibly week three is just a bad week so that's what we're kind of that's what I'm hanging my hat on moving forward and let's hope that the picks in week four prove that to be true did go nine and seven straight up which actually is notable if for no other reason than the fact that we fully come back from that 5 and 11 four finger stinker that we had straight up in week one, back to even money at 24 and 24. Taking a look at the top four picks the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze once again, I did sweep them straight up at 4 and 0 and actually swept the platinum pick. And the bronze pick got them straight up, got them against the spread, and got them on the total. The betting picks in the gold and the silver pick did not obviously not very well, uh, kind of in line with the rest of my picks on the week. But it does feel good to sweep the platinum and sweep the bronze. And there goes our first ambulance screaming by just two minutes into the program, so we're off to a rollicking good start. Uh, taking a look at the Pickem pools, obviously still not sitting great position-wise, but again, especially in the straight-up pools, I've been trying to recover from a five and eleven start, so we're moving in the right direction in the straight-up pools against the spread. Obviously, took a step backwards where the picks were not very solid. Now just in the top half of that half moons picks pool the bridgewater's finest pool 23rd out of 28 the ante and co pool 20 out of 22 so again we're trying to make up for lost time here from that really bad week one i think we're doing so i think we're moving in the right direction that way we just had to take a couple of weeks here to try to get things back on track We had some big performances from others in these pools in week three. In the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, the Cat repping the PNW. That's the Pacific Northwest for those who are not in the know. A big 13-3 straight up week for 117 out of 136 possible confidence points. That's an 86.1% clip. That is an excellent performance there and it was good enough to win week three in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool. Gio, my boy Geo, let's take the Moon's money in the Half Moon's picks against the spread pool. A massive 13-3 and three against the spread performance. 120 of 136 confidence points. 88.2%. A huge week for Geo. Just incredibly impressive performance. That wins him week three in the Half Moon's picks pool. And in the Ante and Co pool, we had Perfection an incredible 16 and 0 performance from Connie Gan Jin, who not only won week 3 but then also took the overall lead in that pool at 33 and 15 sorry yeah 33 and 15 straight up on the season but man to go 16 and 0 that's just absolutely incredible. I think we've seen it maybe one time before, maybe two, but holy cow, 16-0, and what an incredible performance from Connie Gonjin. Uncle BBQ Barry remains the overall leader in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool at 35-13 and on the season. 324 of 408 confidence points, 79.4% and crash takes back over the overall lead in the half moons picks against the spread pool 28, 19 and one against the spread this year. 256 of 408, 62.7%. So shout out to the cat rep in the Pacific Northwest. Let's take the moon's money and Connie Gonjian for being our week three winners. And Uncle BBQ Barry Crash and Connie Gonjian again for leading the pack in the Pick'em Pools. And to ring any degree of positive out of the week, I'm still alive in the anti and co survival pool. Only 17 of the 19 competitors still alive in that pool. Got two in the pool that have a single strike. This is a two strike survival pool. I took Denver in week three. They got the job done in convincing fashion. So we're three and oh looking good. Let's take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is of course brought to you, presented by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Find my affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator in the description below, and you are gonna get access for just as little as $3 access to the absolute best, as far as I'm concerned, resource online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football. We're talking trade evaluations. We're talking rankings. We're talking podcasts. We got experts all over the place on that resource, and it does not matter how your fantasy league, keeper league, Dynasty League is configured. Whatever weird little scoring settings you have, the Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you covered. Check my affiliate link and get access to the absolute best, even money in fantasy in week three, which makes that actually my best fantasy week of the season, three and three overall in fantasy, still sitting in third and 10th place respectively in my two best ball leagues, and one of those three wins came in the big one, the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, after dropping my week one matchup, I've now reeled off back-to-back wins, this week was over Fresh Prince of Air. I now sit two and one in that league. In the Progs League, I dropped my third straight matchup to Threat Level Midnight, 0-3 to kick things off in that league. I struggled in this league last year as well. It is not looking good for me moving forward. I got Week 4 matchups against Half Moon's Picks in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football. That's a projected win for me. And a Week 4 matchup with Chalupa Batman in the Progs League, which is my fourth straight projected loss. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to let you know that if you go to the description of the video on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can find all of my results from week three, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week four. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest, the Half Moons Against the Spread, or the Anti and Co Pick'em Pools. Get yourself shouted out on this show for your performance. It's a meritocracy around these parts. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticator's Facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors at NerdTease. Folks, the only thing that gets me through these stretches where the picks are struggling, you know, just not feeling great about things, NerdTease is what gets me through. NerdTease.ca, that promo code is BWFINEST as if you didn't already know, And by using that promo code, you are gonna get 15% off. You are also gonna get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is a tremendous value. You can find also a great conversion rate on the US dollar from my many, many American listeners. Today's blend is white truffle and it is a great dessert style tea. I've talked about it multiple times on this show. It is tremendous. It is one of my go-tos and it is certainly getting me through the early morning start that I had to things this morning and virtually every Tuesday and even some Wednesdays when I have to record the CFL show. Folks, nerdteas.ca is where you can go for dozens and dozens of incredible, delicious tea blends and accessories. Use the promo code BWFINEST, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdteas.ca. In maybe a piece of serendipitous good luck, my fridge kicked off off just as soon as i wanted to start talking about the games so let's get started and get through these as quickly as possible before the fridge decides it wants to run some more let's go to atlanta where we're going to kick things off the falcons playing host to the washington football team washington one of the surprises of the nfl so far this year and not for good reason they dropped another game last week starting the season one and two and if i would have told you in the preseason that after the first three weeks The Washington football team would be giving up the most points in the NFC East. You probably would have given me some medication. Both of these teams obviously off to a tremendously disappointing start to the season. I think it was at least a little bit expected in Atlanta's side. I don't think many people expected Atlanta to be some powerhouse this year. But they're off to a 1-2 and start. Their defense is bad. The offense isn't as much as hope. I think a lot of people were hoping that they would be. They're not scoring a ton of points. Neither one of these teams scoring a ton of points. There's just a couple more things, I think, going against the Washington football team here than are going against Atlanta Washington one of the worst ball control teams in the league they're turning the ball over a ton their defense is not generating the kinds of turnovers that you would expect their defense to generate Washington also on the tail end of back-to-back road games now look so far teams that are on the tail end of back-to-back roadies are six and one straight up and seven and O oh against the spread When you talk about, like when when anybody tries to criticize you for trying to pick and predict the NFL, bring up something like that, because that makes no sense at all. But that's just the way this season has started. I still think it's a detriment (laughs) to teams to be on the tail end of back-to-back road games. Now, this will be a determining week in whether that stays that way, because there are seven teams this week who are on the tail end of back-to-back road games, a full seven of them. So look, if it stays strong after this week, I have no choice but to stop holding that against teams. But at this point, it's still something I'm holding against them. Washington has given me no reason to have faith in them whatsoever. I'm actually going to take Atlanta here. They're the dog at home. I'm going to take the Falcons. I think there's more going in their direction than is going in Washington's. Let's take Atlanta to beat the football team. On the line, Atlanta's taking a point and a half as a home dog. I'm going to take them to win outright. Washington has not covered against the spread yet this year. They are 0-3, so I'm going to take that point and a half with the Falcons. Totaling the game set at 48. Uh, the two teams are even money on the totals this year, 3-3. and Situationally, that being Atlanta at home and Washington on the road, they're also even money at 1-1. and I think I'm going to lean on the public and the money leaders on covers on this one 58 percent of the public and two-thirds of the money leaders are on the under in this game i'm gonna stick that way as well i don't trust either of these offenses we're gonna stay under 48 points in washington atlanta let's go falcons 27 football team 20 speaking of teams i don't trust let's go to chicago now bears and lions a battle of the nfc north Lions in Chicago here looking for their first win on the season. Chicago trying to get over the fact that they allowed their rookie franchise quarterback to get sacked nine times last week. This is a genuine question to Chicago Bears fans, and I know you're out there. I've, I've seen you in my comments, and I've heard from you on Twitter. How in the world do you trust Matt Nagy? Do, first of all, do you have any trust in Matt Nagy? Because now, after that performance last week, he had the cojones if you will, to say like, oh, we're, we're considering all three of our quarterbacks this week. We're considering Andy Dalton. We're considering Nick Foles and we're considering Justin Fields. If I was Justin Fields, I'd put my hand in the air and go, uh, I'm not considering you anymore, Jack. Like our O-line sucked last week and I might have 16 concussions. I don't think these two defenses are really all that measurable to each other, but I don't think these two offenses are all that measurable to each other either. Detroit clearly has the better offense. I would say Chicago clearly has the better defense, but even Chicago's defense is giving up 26 points a game. I don't trust their offense to score points. And when the name of the game is to score more points than the other guy, I need the offense to be able to score points. I'm going to take the Lions here, especially where the Lions are getting points in this game, and I guess I understand why, because they are the road team, but I'm going to take Detroit. Division matchup, anything can happen. Might as well take the dog in the matchup. Detroit goes to Chicago and beats the Bears. On the line, like I said, the Lions are getting three points as the road underdog here. I think you got to be foolish to lay three points on Chicago just in general but I'm going to go with 67% of the public they are on the Lions in this one I like the Lions to win outright so I'm happy to take the three points total in the game set at 42 and a half these two teams are also kind of even money on the totals so far this year at three and three this is just such a low middling number I, I, I have to take the overplay on it just so many combinations of points gets over 42 and a half and i don't want to have to sweat an under of 42 and a half in a game that i care almost nothing about so we're going to take the over on 42 and a half points in detroit and chicago let's take lions 24 bears 20. let's go to dallas now cowboys coming off of an exceptionally impressive performance last night on monday night football demolishing division rival philadelphia they get to stay home, but they got to play the Carolina Panthers, one of the absolute surprises of the NFL, this time in a good way. Panthers unbeaten at 3-0 and with a defense that's giving up 10 points per game. Incredible. They have the benefit of the long week here, where Dallas, of course, has the detriment of the short week. Now, Carolina's got stuff going against them. They're on the tail end of back-to-back road games. They also, of course, suffered, you know, just the most significant injury of week three, that being to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey goes down to a hamstring strain that at first sure looked like the inside of his leg exploded. Uh, It's considered quote less than a grade one strain but he's still likely going to be out a couple of weeks. He will not play in this game which means it is Chuba Hubbard time in Carolina which means I am very excited because I'm very very high on Chuba Hubbard and that's also part of why I don't consider this the catastrophic injury that most other people do. He's not Christian McCaffrey, and I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey. I'm not saying you can use him exactly the same way that you can use Christian McCaffrey. Chuba Hubbard can catch the ball, Chuba Hubbard can run the ball. Give him another week of preparation, especially going up against a defense that is suspect. the The Cowboys' defense is not all of a sudden incredible because Philly could barely score on them, except in garbage time. Philly's a bad football team. That doesn't make Dallas's defense good. In fact, in certain key metrics, they're one of the worst defenses still in the NFL. There are a lot of exploitable ways that the Carolina Panthers can go to 4-0 and on the season, and I think they're going to. I'm taking Carolina here. This is an underdog play by a ton, but I'm taking Carolina. The Cowboys simply didn't full-on convince me based on the game last night, even though I will say they're probably the best ball control team in the league right now. That defense is getting turnovers. On the line, Dallas a five-point favorite at home, and I just, I can't, I wouldn't be able to lay that even if I like Dallas to win the game. Uh Carolina's 3-0 against the spread. Vegas is criminally underrating the Carolina Panthers and the way that they are playing right now. I like Carolina to win this game outright, so I am tickled pink to take the five points. Total in the game set at 50 and a half. The two teams are only combined two and four to the total so far this year, and one of those overs came with Dallas and Philly last night in a, you know, a, kind of a gross. Not not gross, but it was kind of an ugly game. Uh, I'm going to take the under on this because I expect Carolina's defense to be the difference maker in this football game. So let's go under 50.5 points in Carolina-Dallas. Panthers 24, Cowboys 23. Let's go to Miami now for a game I'm almost as disinterested in as I am with the Bears and the Lions. We got the Dolphins playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. Still one of the better ball control teams in the league, on the tail end of back-to-back road games and suffering a significant injury to the offensive line. Colts left guard Quentin Nelson going down to an ankle injury. There's no confirmation yet, but it is believed to be a high ankle sprain, which usually carries a recovery time of at least two weeks and could be up to five or six. A lot of people seem to be awfully impressed by the fact that Miami came back and took the Raiders to overtime last week, and I guess I can understand it but like that was a matter of one drive in a whole game and like one of their scores was a a pick six that Carr probably should not have thrown maybe I'm not giving them enough credit but I just I wasn't sold I'm not sold on the Dolphins not that I'm sold on the Colts but I'm definitely not sold on the Dolphins like and they're the home team here they're the favorites in this game I just don't think these teams are all that different Even with the injury to Quentin Nelson, I think the Colts have the bigger offensive upside. I think the defenses at this point of the season are almost a push. So when in doubt, kind of defer to the team that has the the significant edge one way or the other. I think it's the Indianapolis Colts. I realize the Colts are winless on the season. I'm going to take the Colts in Miami to beat the Dolphins. Again, I'm just simply not convinced by Miami if they get this win and they do it in convincing fashion maybe that'll convince me who knows maybe this is Tennessee all over again I'm just not giving the Dolphins credit for what was kind of a sloppy comeback that probably shouldn't have happened so I'm, I'm gonna take the Colts here Colts beat the Dolphins On the line, like I mentioned, Dolphins are the home favorites here, laying a point and a half. I like the Colts to win outright, so I'm going to take the point and a half. I can understand somebody going either way on this game, but I'm just going to take the Colts and the points. Total in the game set at 43, which seems like that 42 and a half in Detroit, Chicago seems like a really middling number. However these two teams have only hit two overs combined this year and situationally that being Miami at home and the Colts on the road they've yet to hit an over. I realize this is a middling number but I'm going to stay under on this because these two offenses between them are nothing special. Under 43 points in Indianapolis Miami let's go Colts 21 Dolphins 18. Let's go to Minnesota now, in NFC versus AFC matchup. Vikings playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Both of these teams averaging just under 30 points a game through the first three weeks of the season, but these two defenses not built the same. Cleveland has reeled off back-to-back wins after that opening week loss against Kansas City again I really thought they were going to win that game they did cover but I really thought they were going to win that as an underdog averaging 29 points a game the defense only giving up 20 a game You wouldn't expect that from the Cleveland Browns, but this defense, especially last week, we saw a 26-6 win. This defense is playing well. These last two weeks, they've only given up 27 points total. They're scoring almost at will, and while Minnesota is definitely scoring points... And they had a better defensive performance last week, that 30-17 win. This is still a defense that has given up 27-34 and 34 so far this year. I'm far more convinced by Cleveland's defense than I am by Minnesota's. I'm going to take the Browns here. I'm kind of sticking with road teams. I think I've only picked one home team so far. But again, when the offenses are similar, defer to the better defense. Cleveland's the better defense. Going to take the Browns on the road to win outright. On the line, Cleveland is laying two points here as a road favorite. They're a road favorite, but they're not a heavy one. So I'm just going to, I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay the two points on the Browns. Total in the game set at 53 points, a low to mid 50. The two teams have hit four of six overs so far this year. It's a high number, but it's not the highest number of the week. I think I'm going to go over on this one. Let's go over 53 points in Cleveland, Minnesota. Let's go Browns 30, Vikings 24. Let's go to New York now where the Jets continue to search for answers and they have to play host to a Tennessee Titans team that kind of looks like they maybe have turned it around a little bit. This Titans defense is still leaky, 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 giving up well over 25 points a game, but the Jets can't score. Neither one of these teams control the ball very well, but the Jets can't score. I'm going to say three or four or 12 other things, but this is what it comes down to. The Jets can't score. 10 points. 10 points. Why am I saying 10 points? Because the Jets have only scored 10 points one time this year. This Jets team can't score points. Anybody that's picking with the Jets right now is praying. Or they're a fan. Or they're Gary Vaynerchuk. They're just, anybody that's picking with the Jets right now is has to be delusional. Because they're not scoring. They can't really stop anybody either. Especially not the last two weeks. 26 and 25 points allowed. You, you, just, you can't take the Jets in the spot. We're going to hammer the Tennessee Titans on the road in New York tennessee beats the jets on the line titans are laying seven and a half points as a road favorite and this is one of those lines that they tell you not to take and i fully understand that the jets have not covered against the spread yet this year and they've had some big spreads against them i need to see them cover at least once and i'm willing to be wrong until that happens so, I, I'm, I'm laying the points on the Titans. Again, it's a line you're not supposed to lay. 79% of the public are laying it, which means the public are heavy on it, which means you should be even more wary, but I do, they can't score points. Anyway, we're laying the seven and a half points on Tennessee. Total in the game set at 46. These two teams have combined to hit exactly one over so far this year in six attempts. The public, as well as the money betting leaders, are all on the under here, 62 and 71% respectively. We're going to stay under 46 points in Tennessee, New York. Let's go Titans 20, Jets 10. Let's just get out of this game as quickly as humanly possible. Maybe the Jets can play a little defense. That's why I'm only giving the Titans 20. And again, their control of the ball, the Titans, is just smelly. Let's go to Philly now Eagles fresh off of that again to use the phrase four finger stinker last night in Dallas against division rival the Cowboys now get to go home and welcome in a peeved off Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs what fun Chiefs at one and two is one of the other shockers of the NFL early season in 2021 nobody somebody might have expected them to lose like one of those games like me when I expected them to lose to Cleveland that's the game they won and then now they've lost two straight and to see the look on Patrick Mahomes's face I don't know that I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes angry before last week like I've seen him disappointed upset but like angry he's angry he's not He under 500 what are you talking about like, how could this team be under 500? Look at the team that they have, especially offensively. The defense, let's not talk about that right now, but that offense, and it's the offense scoring almost at will. The defense can't stop anybody. So that would be like the only potential saving grace here for Philly. But that team that I watched last night, if they couldn't put up points on Dallas, boy. I just don't see, like, they're going to get plenty of opportunity because Kansas City is going to score basically whenever they want to because they're pissed off. So they're going to get opportunities, but I just, I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. I think I'm fading the Eagles into perpetuity until something changes. We're definitely on Kansas City here. Chiefs beat the Eagles in Philly. On the line, same as the last game, the Chiefs are laying seven and a half points As a road favorite, this one would be even less justifiable to take than the Tennessee line, and I am taking it. (laughs) Uh, The Chiefs are 0-3 against the spread this year, so I really shouldn't be laying 7.5 points on them, but I'm going to. 76% of the public is laying the 7.5 points, which means I should be even more wary of it. And if this pick is wrong, roast me in the comments. Because I know I'm not supposed to be laying these points, and I'm gonna lay them anyway. Because I think Mahomes is pissed off. Wouldn't be shocked to see the uh, the Chiefs score 50 in this one. So look, I'm I'm gonna lay the seven and a half points because I don't think Philly's gonna keep up. Total in the game set at 54 and a half points. Now I am actually going to pump the brakes here a little bit. Uh, there two teams are only three and three to the over this year situationally that being philly at home chiefs on the road they're only one and one and 83 percent of the money leaders for these two teams are on the under so i think i'm gonna stay under on it this feels this is this is close this is like within a half point but i'm gonna stay under on this under 54 and a half it's just kind of a feeling i have in kansas city philly let's go chiefs 31 eagles 23 Let's go to Los Angeles now for what is inarguably to me the game of the week with the exception of uh, a Tom Brady related one that we're going to talk about here in a few games. The Los Angeles Rams at home taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals a big surprise of the NFL early season in 2021. The Rams proving last week that they are for real. Rams are dealing with an injury in their pass rush. Edge rusher Justin Hollins, he actually tore his pectoral muscle. He's headed to injured reserve. I think he's having surgery on it today to get it fixed. So he's going to miss at least three weeks, if not more. Obviously, a torn pec, the recovery time from that is not insignificant. So we wish him a speedy recovery so he's going to be missing from their pass rush which actually is to the benefit of an Arizona Cardinals team that's kind of banged up on the offensive line obviously they're still going to have to worry about the nuclear weapon of pass rush which is Aaron Donald but the fact that they would lose the Rams would a significant piece of their pass rush helps out the Arizona Cardinals Arizona one of the better ball control teams in the NFL so far this year they are on the tail end of back-to-back road games one of those seven teams that are this is an incredibly intriguing matchup to me Got to give the edge offensively here to the cards, although it's only slight because the Rams have certainly put up points in bunches this year as well. Arizona's just been a little more consistent with it. They've scored at least 31 points in all three games. The Rams did have a 27-point performance a couple of weeks ago, not to hold that against them, but it's not 30. Defensively, very, very, very similar, more similar than people might want to consider. Statistically the slight edge is to the Rams in terms of scoring defense. But Arizona's only allowed uh 20 or fewer points in two of the three games. They had the one game where they gave up 33. They still won that game, but they gave up 33. But the other two games they've allowed 19 and 13. This Cardinals defense is underrated. It's better than people are giving it credit for. I kind of like Arizona in this game. Now the Rams are a heavier favorite than I would have expected in a game that I think is this close but I like the cards here in the upset on the road I'm gonna take Arizona in LA I think the cards get the job done Arizona moves to 4-0 and this obviously a matchup for NFC West supremacy so the fact that it is a division game does play into things at least a little bit on the line Rams six point favorites that's, that's too many points. This is a great hedge no matter who you think is going to win this game because I think this game is tight right down to the wire. So take the plus six and don't think too much more about it. I would expect that line to be closer to maybe four and a half to four probably by the time this game kicks off total in the game like the last game set at 54 and a half points but where in the last game most of the money leaders were on the under in this one the public and the money leaders are both on the over and these two teams have hit four of six overs so far this year in a season where the over is not hitting very much it's only hitting 41.7 percent of the time so I'm going to go ahead and take that over over 54 and a half points in Rams-Cardinals. Let's go Arizona 31, Rams 27. Cardinals with the upset win. The other matchup in that division is between the two teams that are at the bottom of it, number three and number four. The San Francisco 49ers at home playing host to the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks on the tail end of back-to-back road games trying to halt their two-game mini losing streak. Uh, Niners lost Josh Norman, Uh, in the game last week against Green Bay to I think bruised lungs he took a big hit and uh, kind of looked like he had a chest injury apparently bruised both of his lungs so that was not only a big hit that was a big big hit so that's a hit to their secondary and the Niners have not been impressive to me this year in terms of controlling the football they're one of the worst ball control teams in the league giving up more turnovers than they're generating themselves Statistically speaking, the Niners are the better team offensively. They are the better team defensively. I don't necessarily know that they're the hungrier team because at 2-1, and one, you don't have to be as hungry as a team that's 1-2. and two. The Seahawks are 1-2. and two. They've lost back-to-back games. They understand, and uh, that's all the talking points, they understand that their season kind of dangles on the edge of a knife right now and it's only three weeks in they're scoring enough points to win games the defense is kind of what's letting them down but these two defenses are relatively comparable so i think seattle can score points that san francisco doesn't isn't necessarily going to be able to score i don't think against a hungry team like this i'm going to take seattle in the upset maybe it's because it's a division team division game i should say i just i kind of like seattle here Call it a gut feeling if you have to. I'm going to take the Seahawks on the road in San Francisco to get this division win, even up their record, stop their slide. On the I can totally understand if you're taking the Niners in this game. On the line, they're only laying two and a half as a home favorite, and 63% of the public are laying that two and a half along with them. I'm going to take Seattle to win the game outright, so I'll take the two and a half points total in the game set at 52 two teams are even money three and three to the over this year but situationally that being san francisco at home and seattle on the road they are only one for three hitting the overs this year so i'm gonna stick under in this one under 52 points in seattle san francisco let's go seahawks 27 niners 24 I think it's worth pointing out in this situation too, for as much as we say Seattle quote unquote doesn't travel well, they're actually 16 and 10 on the road in the last three seasons coming into 2021. Let's go to Denver now. Very intriguing matchup here. Denver Broncos playing host to the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore on the tail end of back-to-back road games here. Denver, one of the best ball control teams in the NFL and sitting on perfection so far at 3-0. and I tell you, it's come in all three phases for the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater is getting that offense going. They're scoring 25 points a game, and that defense is undeniable, allowing only nine points per game, a little less than nine points per game. That Broncos defense, undeniable. Now, they are dealing with a little bit of an injury in the linebacker core. However, I don't know if that's a long-term thing the player that was injured i can't remember the name now right off the top of my head but may very well be available in this game so i'm not looking at that as a uh, significant deterrent one way or the other the ravens are one of the tougher teams for me to judge right now yes they've won two straight games and they're scoring but man i didn't expect that defense to be statistically anyway as bad as it is And I think even though I would give Baltimore a slight edge on the offensive side of the ball, defensively, these two teams are not similar. They are not comparable at all. Denver is playing incredible football defensively. Baltimore is very much not. I'm going to take the Broncos here at home. It's not a huge stretch, obviously, but against the spread, this is a very close matchup. I'm going to take the Broncos here at home. I know this is a popular upset pick. I'm not taking it this week. Broncos beat the Ravens in Denver. On the line, the Broncos are only laying a point and a half as a home favorite. I like them to win. Obviously, it's a small price to pay. Broncos are 3-0 straight up and against the spread so far this year. I am going against 62% of the public that are taking the point and a half with the Ravens, but I'm gonna lay the point and a half Total in the game set at 44 and while the two teams are only two and four to the over and situationally only one and two to the over this is such a middling number and I think these two teams can score especially in mile high my god Justin Tucker might kick a 95 yarder in mile high. Uh, It's such a middling number. I think I got to go over on it. It's not going to fly over, I don't think. But I think we could see a late touchdown in this game that hits the over. So we're going to go over 44 points in Denver, Baltimore. Let's go Broncos 28, Ravens 21. Let's go to New England now. Tom Brady returns to Foxborough. Tampa Bay Bucks in town to take on the Patriots. And this game has a little less, I don't know... This game feels like it has a little less luster maybe than it should. Obviously, Tom Brady returning to Foxborough, returning to Gillette Stadium to take on the Patriots is not an insignificant storyline. Uh, obviously, it's going to be the major talking point probably of week four as a whole. But the Bucks, a little bit of the shine has come off the Bucks based off of their loss last week against the Rams. Uh, the shine is very much off the Patriots. Uh, Patriots also dealing with an injury situation James White likely headed to injured reserve I believe if he's not already there so that's a significant part of their offense I think that really hurts them this week and so I just I don't know The, the luster feels like it's off of this game. Obviously, the Bucks' offense has kind of been scoring at will for the most part in the early part of the season. Uh, Patriots' defense has played well, but the offense hasn't been able to jump on the opportunities that the defense has afforded them. I just don't see the Patriots winning this. I don't see them putting up really much of a fight. To be perfectly honest, in this game, I think Tampa wins this game comfortably. This is not going to be an easy game for Tom Brady there are defensive things that Bill Belichick is going to be able to do. Like what quarterback in the world would he know better than Tom Brady? And for Tom Brady, what defense would he know better than Bill Belichick's defense? So it's a really, really interesting matchup in that sense. I'm going to take the Bucs, I think the Bucs win this game outright in New England, and I'm going to take the Bucs to cover. They're laying 6.5 points as a road favorite, which once again is a big number to lay on a road favorite, and were it not for the James White injury, I may actually take the Patriots to cover this number, but uh, I'm I'm going to lay it on the Bucs as are 85% of the public, which does make me a little nervous, but we're going to go ahead and lay the 6.5 on Tampa Bay. Total in the game set at 49 points. These two teams are three and three to the over this year. Situationally, they've only hit one of three overs, that being New England at home and Tampa on the road. I think I got to go under on it. I I just don't see an offensive explosion from the Patriots and Tampa's not going to need an offensive explosion, I don't think, to win this game. So let's stick under 49 points in Tampa, New England. Let's go Bucks 27. Patriots 17 the last game we're going to look at takes us to Los Angeles the Chargers playing host to the Las Vegas Raiders also at 3-0 also a massive surprise this is of course a division matchup of the AFC West and I got to tell you man the Raiders have made me believers they really have that offense is really good the defense leaves a little to be desired but is still better than I thought they were going to be they have made me believe it. I've become a believer in Derek Carr when I really never was before. I just kind of believe in this team. And again, that's why I kind of I was so frustrated by the Miami comeback last week because it kind of felt like same old Raiders winning the game, but not covering like minus four. Like they should have been able to cover minus four against the Dolphins and would have were it not for the the late game kind of mental collapse that sort of led to that game going into overtime. They did still win the game, ultimately took them like right to the end of overtime. And I have significant questions about John Gruden's ability as a head coach, but this Raiders team has made me a believer. The Chargers, I have a history of not being able to pick Chargers games very well. When I think they should win, they lose. When I think they should lose, they win. I can fully understand not only why the Chargers are favored in this game, but are favored by what they're favored by. Obviously, two teams that know each other very well. Chargers defensively have played very well this year. They're only giving up 20 points a game. They're scoring a little bit more than that. Justin Herbert looked good last week, but did kind of wring his hand off of a defender's helmet. So uh, his hand's not going to be 100%. I'm sure he's going to be fine. His hand's not 100%. And it took some heroics for them to win that game last week. Obviously, they were against high competition. You know, they were against the Chiefs. But it wasn't a smooth victory and I think in a game against a team where they want to be as smooth as they would want to be as smooth as possible because you're playing a team that's three and zero. but I, I like the Raiders I just like the Raiders in this game a division matchup take the underdog I like the Raiders on the road in Los Angeles to beat the Chargers on the line Chargers are laying three and a half points at home I totally get it Give me the points with the Raiders. I like them to win outright. Total in the game set at 52 and a half. These two teams have only hit two of six overs so far this year. And situationally, that being the Chargers at home, Raiders on the road, they've yet to hit an over combined this year. Let's go under 52 and a half points in Raiders Chargers. Let's go Raiders 28, Chargers 24. They're going to come close to that number, but it's going to stick under. Okay folks here we go platinum gold silver and bronze picks for week four in the NFL again these picks have been rather strong this year feeling very good about the slate that I have this week my bronze pick where I'm not only 3-0 and straight up but also 3-0 and against the spread sees the Green Bay Packers at home taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think it's safe to say Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are back. Now obviously that game wasn't perfect they got off to a good start and then what have I said about the Packers their defense are front runners they play really well when they're in positive game scripts once they get punched in the mouth a time or two you can come back on this team and that is exactly what happened last week and were it not for a couple of key moments the Jair Alexander interception And Jimmy Garoppolo just having a a really, really dogpile first half of that game allowed the Packers to then be in a position where Aaron Rodgers could make that game-winning drive, Mason Crosby kicks a 50-yarder, Bob's your uncle, and the Packers win. But I do genuinely think this offense is back. They moved the ball on the ground. Obviously, Aaron moved the ball through the air. I thought he had an excellent game. He looks like the Aaron Rodgers that I've come to expect from the past two seasons. And the Steelers, boy, do they not look like the Steelers. They're losers of two straight. They're not scoring. The defense is playing well, but not up to Steeler standards, I wouldn't think. They're only giving up 22 points a game, but when you're against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, they can pile up the points quickly, and I just don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to keep up offensively from what I've seen from them so far this year. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Packers at home in a good situation for them. Packers, beat the Steelers. On the line, Green Bay is laying six and a half points as a home favorite. It is just under a touchdown. I'm gonna go ahead with 77% of the public and lay those six and a half points on the hometown Packers. Total in the game set at 45 and a half. Now, this is one of the more interesting totals of the week because it is definitely a very middling 40. It's literally basically right in the middle of the 40s. And the two teams are only two and four to the over so far this year. But again, I boy, I think the Packers get out to a hot start and then once they do, the defense is going to do what the Packers defense does, which is let the Steelers back into the game. So, I think this hits over, not by a ton, but I just I don't want to sweat the under on a 45 and a half. So, we're going to go over 45 and a half points in Pittsburgh Green Bay. Packers straight up, we're hammering the Packers minus six and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 45 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. We're going to go Packers 27, Steelers 20. And the fact that this bronze pick is a combined eight and one on the season, I'm feeling good about it. My silver pick where I am perfect straight up at 3-0, 2-1 against the spread, but only 1-2 on the totals for the year, sees the Cincinnati Bengals, another team that I would have never expected really to be this high on these picks, the Bengals playing host to the reason why they're this high in the picks, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh my god, this team. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. You know exactly why this game is here. The Jags are giving up like 30 points a game. They have butter hands. They cannot hold on to the football whatsoever. They just traded a a high defensive draft pick to Carolina to get a tight end back in return. Like it's just this team is is an absolute tire fire. Probably going for the first overall pick again next year. Who's the top quarterback in that draft? My goodness. So yeah, we're taking Cincinnati here for sure. Cincinnati impressed me with a division win last week that I said they were going to get. A division win over the Steelers. Good on them. I'm going to take them for a second week in a row. Bengals beat the Jags. On the line, the Bengals are laying seven and a half points. Oh God, am I going to take this? Am I really, am I really going to say thank you odds makers and, and chew on my poop salad? (sighs) yeah I'm gonna go ahead and lay that um that's gross but the Jags haven't covered against the spread this year they're 0-3 uh 67% of the public are laying the points as well this is gross I this these you should not lay these points do as I say not as I do (laughs) but uh I'm gonna lay the seven and a half on the Bengals because I just can't stomach taking the points with Jacksonville Total in the game set at 45 and points. The two teams are combined two and four to the over this year. And 88% of these teams' respective money leaders are on the under. So they know something I don't. I'm sticking under on this one as well. Under 45 and points in Jacksonville, Cincinnati. Let's take the Bengals straight up. We're going to hammer the Bengals minus 7.5 against the spread because we just feel great about it. In a game that stays under 45.5 points, that is the silver pick. Let's go Bengals 24, Jags 16. My gold pick where I'm the same as the silver pick 3-0 straight up 2-1 against the spread and 1-2 on the totals sees the New Orleans Saints at home taking on the New York Giants. Saints finally getting to go home and play a home game and both of these teams dealing with significant injuries. For the Giants it's on the defensive side linebacker Blake Martinez heart and soul guy in that defense I think he's a defensive captain if not the defensive captain towards ACL last week he is done for the season that is a massive hit to the Giants defensively for the Saints it comes on the offensive lines left tackle Taron Armstead one of the better left tackles in football he has an elbow injury that's going to keep him sidelined for several weeks he certainly will not be playing in this game so that is definitely going to hurt the offensive upside of this New Orleans Saints team but not so much that they're going to lose to the Giants. Look, the Saints bounced back with a win last week. Their defense is exceptional. They're only giving up 14 points a game. The offense will be able to score their way to a victory in this one. We're not going to think about this too, too much harder than to take the Saints at home to beat the Giants. On the line, the Saints are laying seven and a half points. I have no problem laying that. It's under double digits, especially given the injury to Blake Martinez. I think the Saints will be able to certainly score the points to cover this number. So let's lay seven and a half points on New Orleans. On the uh, total, it's 43.5 points, same as the last game. The two teams are only combined two and four, and 83% of the money leaders are on the under in this game. So once again, even though that is a low number and that is not, that does not look nice to take the under on it, I'm going to go ahead and take the under. The under still hitting like 58.3% of the time in the first few weeks so we're gonna stick under 43 and a half points in new york new orleans so we're gonna take new orleans straight up we're going to hammer the saints minus seven and a half against the spread under 43 and points that is the gold pick let's take saints 20 giants 10 and the Platinum pick, where I'm 2-1 straight up, 2-1 on the totals, only 1-2 and two against the spread. Let's see if we can't even that against the spread record with the Buffalo Bills at home playing host to the Houston Texans. Now, what I will say to the Texans' benefit, A, they do have the benefit of the long week, and B, they are one of the better ball control teams in the NFL. They're not giving the ball up a ton, even though, you know, last week, Davis Mills, UFA. Uh, But you can say the same thing about Buffalo. Buffalo controls the ball very well as well. I think it's going to come to the surprise of no one that I'm on the Buffalo Bills in this game. I've been tremendously impressed by what Buffalo has done early on in the season. Two and one. They're scoring a ton of points. The defense is playing well. Only 15 points a game allowed. This is definitely the Bills game to lose. I just don't think they're making enough mental mistakes to lose this game. So, we're going to take Buffalo, obviously, at home here to beat Houston. Now, the fact that Houston is a good ball control team and does have the benefit of the long week, so it's extra time for prep, is the reason why Houston is going to cover this stupid college spread that they have for this game. Right now, Buffalo is laying 16 and a half points. A sucker lays those points. I don't. Buffalo could win by 40. They definitely could win by 30, 40 points. They could absolutely destroy Houston. It still doesn't mean that laying 16 and a half points would be the right thing to do on a Tuesday when that game's going to be played on Sunday. So we're taking the points. It's a college spread, it's ridiculous. We're taking the 16 and a half points. Total in the game is set at 48. Two teams are three and three, so even money to the over. Situationally, that being Buffalo at home and Houston on the road, uh, they are two of three hitting the over this year, and 72% of the public and 75% of the money leaders on covers are on the over in this game. Let's go over 48 points in Houston-Buffalo. Bills straight up. We're going to take the points with the Houston Texans because that's the play to make on a Tuesday. In a game that goes over 48 points, that is the platinum pick. Let's go. Buffalo 31, Houston 20. Still a big win for the Bills, but 16 and a half points. Come on. There you have it, folks. The picks are in for week four of the 2021 NFL season, and it is time now for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the week three episode goes to my good friend, my longtime good friend, West. Coast Martin. Martin gets the comment of the week from week three, in which he says, I watched the Eagles Niners game. That was, of course, the game back in week two. Eagles blew a drive without points, getting a 91 yard gain on a reception, then later gambling on a fourth and goal from the four. Didn't want to try the field goal. Perplexing. This raises a couple of interesting issues, and this is why this was the comment of the week. It's part of why I don't trust Philly really at all, and I'm fading Philly pretty hard. The decision making is just not there for me. Uh, and again, I, my, my response to this comment touches on you know the like a concept like that like instead of taking the points like oh well we're gonna and we saw it a couple times last night like oh we're gonna we're, we're gonna take we're gonna go for it, we're gonna go for it.'re gonna we could take points here, but we're gonna go for it. And my part of my response was this is kind of what I mean when I derisively talk about coaches thinking their madden video game strategies work in real life. Well, X percent of the time this play results in X number of points, which based on this average means blah, 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 blah. Like take the points. You win games by scoring more points than the other team. So the decision making hasn't been there for Philly and it's a chronic problem. It's not just one situation here, one situation there. It's been prevalent in all three of their games and they're the single most penalized team in the league by a lot. It's by like 20%. They've taken way more penalties, committed way more penalties than anybody else in the league. So for these reasons and more is why I'm fading the Eagles. And I really appreciated Martin's comment because it really helped me go further in depth as to why I was feeling so uncertain about the Eagles moving forward. So Martin, yours is the comment of the week from the week three episode. And I appreciate it very much, my friend. Week four is officially in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. My CFL show will be one I will be recording probably this evening for a release on Wednesday morning, but that is it for me for now. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. just as my fridge kicks back on. So I am out of here. Enjoy the games in week four. We'll see you again in week five, and we hope for better things. On those betting picks. See you then.